Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On the Believe Podcast Network and LAFBnetwork.com. This is your destination for Los Angeles football. All right, what's up, Los Angeles? And thanks for tuning in to another edition of the LA Football Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Always on the LA Football Network, LAFBnetwork.com. Joined, as always, by the great Frosty Rucker. Well, it's been a little while. You've been busy. So how you been, man? What's up? Welcome back. Good, I'm good. I'm here, man. Let's talk. Let's talk these Chargers. Let's talk these Rams. Let's talk to LA. Absolutely. So yeah, for first week of free agency uh, just wrapped up. So excited to kind of get into it with you, Frost, and, and get your opinions on what went down with our two teams. And uh, and we'll uh, kind of cross each player off as they went and see if there's anyone available still that maybe they should target and spend some money on. So um, should be a good episode. Insightful to get into. Um, but first, always got to mention betonline.ag, sponsor of the LA Football Podcast. Uh, this may be the best week besides Super Bowl week for sports betting with March Madness going on. Um, even if you haven't bet on money yet, head to betonline.ag. You can parlay uh, some of those games that are going on tonight, tomorrow night, next week. Uh, I had a big parlay going today, Frost, and that Virginia upset by Ohio Completely ruined it. Big disappointment. But you can head to bet on that line at AG to try to win some money back. So you've been watching the tourney? Yeah, man. I, I'm enjoying it. There's not one perfect bracket out there anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. After not even the first round's not even over yet, and it's not a single bracket's perfect. Um, I, this was like the first year I watched like zero college basketball, like literally not a game. So I was totally filling mine out blind. So I, I deserve to be a – to be busted early. I had Ohio state in the championship. They lost round one. Yeah. Had Virginia they, going far. <laughs> so what can you do? How about Oral Roberts? <laughs> Good for them. I, I mean, I always root for the underdogs, but not when I have money on the, the favorites. Right. So. <laughs> it's always the first weekend when you can get the underdogs and, and really play with uh, the lines and stuff like that. Cause they're not going to be as they can't, they can't really predict what's going to happen. Cause you might get that Cinderella story. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, do, you like have a, do you have a team? I mean, USC won today, so that was good. USC, but um, I think overall, if we do lose to a team, it's going to be Gonzaga, and I think yeah. Gonzaga takes it. Um, Gonzaga's are good. Yeah, but I love SC. Uh, I love how tall they are. I love uh, uh, their players, their coaches. They play really hard. Um, I like it. I like what they're doing. Yeah. They're, they're very tall, so their defense is great. Yeah, those Mobley brothers are fantastic, and uh, yeah, I love their coach. And UCLA is about to tip off as we're recording as well. So both LA schools represented in the tourney. Um, 
yeah, I picked Michigan to win it all just because I was going in blind and I was like, no one else is going to pick them in my 50 person bracket thing. So, so we'll see. That's the only way they can save me is if they win now that my whole bracket's destroyed. So we'll Well, see what happens. Yeah. Good coach, good team. You know, let's see and make them run. Yeah. I like Jawan Howard. So, all right. Well, for us, let's get into, uh, let's start with the Chargers first because they were the most active in free agency. Rams, obviously, we talked about a lot, their cap issue, and so that was more what they were focused on. But they did do some stuff, and they probably are not done yet as they get under that cap still and rework some contracts now that Matt Stafford's official. But let's start with the Chargers because they were they were pretty active. Uh, we can go player by player if you want, but is there, I'll just throw it to you right now, was there any signing that jumped off the page of you that you were like, damn, that was, that was a great signing for this Chargers team, and they're going to be better from here on out just because of that? You know, Ryan, I really like the Corey Lindsley signing. I think he's a perfect guy uh, to call the shots on that offensive line for this uh, phenom quarterback that's going to be behind him. He has experience playing with a really great quarterback. I'm sure the the more of the relationship that comes between him uh, and our young quarterback, it's only going to help his team. I'm sure he had a good rapport with Aaron Rodgers. Sure. They had some beers, you know, um, he's that type of player and he's a, uh, you know, the highest paid center in the league right now. So mm-hmm. that just made this offensive line grow. And then, you know, you can go down the line of all the signs they have, but that, that Corey Lindsley one, that's the one, Ryan. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was, I talked earlier in the week that it was the signing that made the most sense. And sometimes those common sense signings don't come to fruition. They just, they just make too much sense. And so I'm glad they were able to get it done, get him paid, get him his bag, get him over here to LA. And uh, cause we talked about, you know, the importance of protecting your number one asset, which is Justin Herbert. And he was a center, all pro center, as you mentioned, drafted at Ohio state in the mid rounds, but really played above his draft grade and has become the, the kind of staple at center. I mean, he's obviously an all pro, but he's, you know, top two, three centers in the entire league. And uh, has really earned that position, that spot. And so it was a huge get for the Chargers. And I think even better, what Telesco was able to do was, yes, he's, he made him the highest paid center in the game, but the, his cap hit this year was only like $6 million. So they, the way they finagled that contract was they were really able to give him a backhanded deal so they could still go after players, which we'll get to in this year's free agency, instead of kind of you know allocating it all to him. Um, I'll probably ask you this for every player, so you'll probably get annoyed, but did you ever play against Lindsay at all? No, I never personally played versus him. You know, I would say something to you. You know, I'm always going to say that. Uh, no, I don't play. I haven't played against him, but like you just mentioned, you know, the type of player he is, he's if not the best one in the league right now. And the Chargers really, really, really hit a home run with this. And like you said, it's not a cap uh, heavy uh, deal. It's a perfect mm-hmm. one for him, uh, something they can grow into. And they have a ton of money to still go after some, uh, some good players. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure our guy, Frank Smith, offensive line coach, is ecstatic to get someone like this to work with. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about more guys that he's just added to his room that really, uh, you know, we said he had probably the hardest job coming into the season for this Chargers team because of what the unit was last year. But getting a guy like Lindsay certainly makes it a little easier uh, to integrate his philosophies and what he wants. And uh, the next guy, let's talk about Frost because we could just go down the offensive line. But let's let's keep it, keep it with Frank Smith because Hunter Henry was a big player of um chatter if you will with fans uh with the chargers didn't franchise tag him again which would have cost him about 13 million so the hope was to get a long-term deal done well that doesn't happen he ends up going to new england signing a big contract making about that 13 million a year and then uh to fill his spot the chargers end up signing jared cook to a one-year deal six million so half the money he made brilliant move 
right? I think it was fantastic. You look at, Tiffer obviously, tat. he's older, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just tit for tat. And when you go down the line, uh, Hunter's just been injured. You know, there's no, no yeah. doubt that the talent wasn't there and he, you know, couldn't stretch the field, but he was never healthy enough to really live up to it. But you got a proven veteran, a Pro Bowl type player, a few years playing with the great Drew Brees, uh, before that playing with Derek Carr. Uh, he's going to be a perfect target for this team. Again, Frank Smith is doing the job of, you know, using those relationships he had. Uh, we talked about that when we had Coach on. Mm -hmm. We talked about him and, you know, Jared and Drew, he said he loved Jared, you know, and now look at it now, uh, you know, then you get a chance to play for a coach like that, that really wants you and you're really comfortable with. I, I really like what they're doing over there. Yeah. It's when we had coach Smith on, it was funny. And this was, this is nothing against Darren Waller, but I, I noticed that whenever he talked about his past players, he brought up Jared cook the most out of all those players. And maybe that's just their relationship they had, but I think that speaks volumes and they were able to get him had his best season with Frank Smith as his tight ends coach with the Raiders. Um, and then the last two years in new Orleans with Joe Lombardi was obviously Joe Lombardi was a quarterback coach, but still an influence a little bit. And now Joe Lombardi's the offensive coordinator. So they're getting guys that there's a lot of no knownness, if that's a word uh, you know, there's a relationship that had been built already. And I think that the biggest thing too, is cook has had 17 touchdowns over his last two seasons. So, I mean, that's, oh, that's what you want in a tight end. And you Chargers fans, he is a straight dog. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I played with him in uh, 2018 with the Raiders, and I was very much in awe because I played versus him many, many times. He played for the Rams. I was a Cardinal. I knew the guy was going against the guy, but then being his teammate and to see, you know, how he went about his work. And, I mean, he was our complete offense. And if you look at the Raiders, the past couple of years, the tight ends have been their whole offense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a number one receiver that, you know, gets all the yards. Yeah. It's been the tight end. And um, he was just as good as they come, you know, great teammate. You do remember, Ryan, when we had that round table and I talked about um, with the moves the Chargers are already making, mm -hmm. do they make for the better team in L.A.? And, yeah. you know, everyone said, no, I'm just like, I, I just wanted to look at it because, you, you know, you got a, a new head coach, new coaches coming in here with money. They all got familiarity with a lot of players around the league and people are coming here. They're flocking to come to the, the chargers. Yeah. It, 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 it's turning, it's shaping out to be what I said. And I, that, that has nothing to do with the Rams and we're going to get to them. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like this is the first time first or second time last year, a little bit, but the first time I can remember where the chargers were considered like a hot destination for players to come. They oh, were yeah. kind of, they always got players in free agency, but it was always the mid tier guys and, and part of that may have just been GM moves, but I think it also was just, it wasn't viewed as an organization to come and build and grow and win. And they've kind of created that mentality in a really quick turnaround. And especially with this new coaching staff. Um, so you're absolutely right. And, and we'll talk more, but I, I think they could, I, I may be more optimistic and I do think the Rams are the better team right now, but I think the Chargers are a lot closer than people think. I don't think there's some bottom dweller in the AFC West or some seven and nine. I think they're a lot closer than people think, especially with these moves. Well, yeah, and, you know, they have their quarterback. That's the best thing in your rookie deal. You know what I mean? So they can continue to make these moves, continue to build, and I hope one day this kid gets so good that he starts doing Tom Brady-type deals, worrying about the uh, off-the-field money and and making his contracts team-friendly so he can stay with talent around him because the moves they're making right now, the depth they're going to be building, they're, they're, they're poised for a dominant team. Yeah. And I'm loving every move they're making.
Yeah, Herbert Herbert can make a ton of money off the field here in Los Angeles. Uh, but either way, regardless, they have four years with the fifth-year option of his rookie deal, so they can get a lot done. Um, last thing about Cook, though, because I, I just I think there was a lot of mixed reviews. I thought it was a slam-dunk signing. You save $6 million as opposed to paying Henry, so you save money on it. The production is honestly just as good, if not better. I know he's older, but it's a one-year deal, so you see how it goes, and then maybe you draft a guy in later rounds or you can re-up it if he has a really good year. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. I remember, I think it was 2018, which was the year you were with the Raiders. The right. first game of the season, and I, I hope I'm thinking of your same team, but the Raiders played the Rams on Monday Night Football, I believe. Yeah. And Jared yeah. Cook went off that game. Yeah, went, for, yeah, went like, what, two or three touchdowns, like 100 yards. Is, am yeah. I thinking, were you on that team? Yeah, yeah, I was on that team. And it was just a, a sight to see that he just held the whole team down, you know, but that was happening in that training camp. You know, when you're starting to practice, you see who's really featured in this offense. Uh, we went through that season. We ended up getting rid of Amari, which was our true number one receiver. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, it just – everything came down to Jared Cook. And then within that year, we signed Darren Waller. And it was just yeah. watching them two at practice. You know, it was just like Darren watching Cook and, and Jared, you know, doing what he does, you know, every single day uh, in practice. Yeah. So, you know, it was a perfect guy for – Waller to come in and see work and see how to go after it and see and see everything that that offense could provide. And Jared's here. They're going to put him in position to, to make these plays. He's going to make incredible plays. He's going to stretch the field. It's a matchup. Their mm-hmm. offense is slowly but surely building a matchup uh, that this division needs. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm glad I got that game right. Cause I remember that was the Rams team that went to the Super Bowl that year. Obviously it was the opening game of the season, but no. great. Raiders had a great game. Jared Cook had a great game. Then um, yeah, that was your team. So that's fun. So um, did they ever put you out in coverage against them in practice or no? They, they kept you in the line. No, we didn't mess around <laughs> like that, but we had to practice versus each other. You know, yeah. uh, first couple of weeks, I did a lot of scout and um, first team stuff so I could, you know, further my cardio and stuff like that while I'm feeling good. I like to work, work, work. So yes, I went up against him a lot. And um, no, he's an excellent talent. I've, I've been competing for some, for, for a very long time. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big Jared Cook fan. Uh, he's one of the guys when I left the Raiders, I got his jersey. He signed nice. it. We, we swapped jerseys and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a mutual respect. Yeah. There you go. So Chargers fans listening, Frosty Rucker approves of Jared Cook, and you should too. And that, I think that's enough approval for all you fans <laughs> out there. So that's he's a big play guy, man. Yeah. Just don't fumble in the in the in the big moments oh, in the playoffs. That happens sometimes. <laughs> that right. happens. That's hey Juju Smith. I mean, it's it's football. Uh, I've done it in my career too. So, um, let I'll couple these two um, offensive linemen together. We can talk briefly on um, Matt Feeler, who they also signed a three year deal worth twenty million, about seven million per from the Steelers. Talked about a little bit last week. Super versatile, can play really anywhere on the offensive line, which is great for the Chargers uh, right. just if they have injuries, especially with Brian Balaga. Um, who had an injury last year, but hopefully he can stay healthy, but he gives you that versatility. And then um, Ode Abushi from uh, Detroit, they signed today as yeah. well, who I thought was another great veteran signing as they just continue building this offensive line. What do you think of those two? Yeah, they're doing a good job of building the, uh, the right guys that can go in there and actually play. These guys can give you reps, real mm-hmm. good soft reps. They want to compete. Uh, they've kind of been in other people's shadows in a sense with uh, not getting the stardom that they deserve. And it, it's a perfect opportunity for this new wave team, new fresh coaches, uh, superstar quarterback, uh, the, 
the team is poised for great things. And, you know, this is excitement and energy uh, with a brand new offensive line coach and they'll be able to gel with Frank and, you know, really he'll be able to put his whole system in. And I just see great things happening right now. So great signing um, actually competed versus O'Day a bunch, you know, is a heck of a competitor. Uh, we're going to have to get him on here. He, he, he definitely will come on. And um, he's a work hard guy, a very work hard guy. Um, goes about his business. It's not too much uh, joking around with him when it comes yeah. to football. And, uh, you know, I respect guys like that. And um, he's just a heck of a competitor. He'll actually stand out there and fight with you. And, you know, I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what, that's what they need. That's what they want, need something that can stay healthy too. So um, yeah, that was, that was today came across the wire. And I think that was a phenomenal signing for him. Um, one we didn't mention uh, just a re-signing Mike Davis brought back cornerback. Um, Great deal. Great deal. Yeah. Huge. Especially after releasing Casey Hayward, that was kind of the, to me, aside from offensive line, that was the most important thing after releasing Casey was keeping Mike Davis, who is just kind of a staple in the secondary and really, progressed to be really good in the second yep. half of the season um not just for the chargers but in, in terms of the league as a corner i think he was one of the top leagues top corners in the league so i'm um, really happy that he's back happy for him i know he was ecstatic him and his mom um who he's had an incredible story to his journey to the nfl being undrafted uh right. so awesome to see him stick around here in la so so far and they're not done yet they still have about 30 million in cap space so they can still make plenty of stuff happen but so far i think the chargers mm-hmm. have done a phenomenal job in free agency it's time to get uh, some more edge guys. So I was going to ask you, so you don't have to give me any names. I don't know how in depth we both have looked at this, but is that what, with the money they have left allocated, you want to see them attack the edges or a specific player, just a position yeah, I think edge guys, you got to give both some help. Um, that can also happen in the draft. There's, there's a ton of guys out there that can uh, rush the passer and want to. Um, uh, yeah. I think linebackers and, and rushers are where they need to go and focus. You're going to get a Duran James back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a healthy one. Uh, yeah, they you know. let, speaking of Derwin, they let Rayshon Jenkins, he signed with the Jaguars. So now it's right. basically all really in on Nasser Adelaide. So safety could be another position. They maybe add some depth there too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, they're not done. No matter even after the draft, they're not going to be done building this roster all the way into training camp. And then they're going to go, you know, so we got time to see them really shape something with some quality players. And there's a couple guys out there I think would be on the radar. Mm-hmm. there's a couple um offensive side of the ball i think i would go with uh deshaun jackson i would love to see him come home mm-hmm. and put so far he'd bring a lot of energy to the stadium uh you know he's 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 a fighter type of guy and you know things didn't go as right his return to philly yeah and i think him getting the chance to come home and you know sign a one or two year and actually you know giving everything he got on the soil i think that'd be a good one um I think uh, Marquise Lee, I think he's another guy that, you know, you know, it's a, it's a Trojan guy, but another guy that can play some football and mm-hmm. get a chance to come home and be comfortable. We see across the street what they got going with, uh, with uh, our boy, Bobby trees. He feels good. He's at home. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And, and he's playing like that. He's playing in front of his own crowd. And um, I think that would be excitement for, um, the charges, they got two receivers like that, notable guys that aren't going to cost you a lot of money, but want to go out there and get, get stats for you. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, Robert Woods, 
if you look at his career in Buffalo was, I mean, he was still, you know, playing, he's in the league. So you're not, I'm not going to discredit that at all, but he, he wasn't doing what he's doing here. Something about coming home to LA, he really and playing in the right system, got his career. Now he's, you know, I consider him a top receiver in the game and Marquise Lee, who was, well, when he was drafted was considered one of the greatest Trojans ever at the receiver position, which has had a ton of great uh, receivers Absolutely. and his NFL career just hasn't panned out. Do you think it was just, kind of, you know, Jacksonville, that's where players go to die almost? Or why do you think that was? Jacksonville's a type of situation that nothing's just completely, you know, riots. Like, they're, they're still mm-hmm. trying to figure out what their plan is. You Identity, know? yeah. Yeah, they, they don't have that. Even when they had a little bit of success two or three years ago, right after it, they didn't have any more success. It was like, you know, and, and I don't want to say players go there to die because they all want to play in the situation. I think it's management. I think, you know, mm-hmm new ownership and all this, it's going to take a little while for it to get figured out. Yeah. Um, so just get it, it. Sometimes it's new energy for guys, but if he has a chance to come home, it's not going to be a deal that's going to kill your, your bank, you know, or anything like that. You know, I think um, AB's out there too. I, yeah. He might be, I haven't looked at, he might be a Bridget. Yeah. He signed, I think a one year with Tampa Bay. So that'd be wild. Um, yeah. Marquis Lee, I think the guy can still ball. So just cause you know, guys don't have success somewhere else. I mean, they still have talent. They still put in the work. So if he's willing to work and come for cheap, I like that signing a lot. So um, you mentioned edge guys. I think there's still some out there, you know, there's always the name Jadavian Clowney. Like, so, you know, he's a guy that, Hey, if he's wanting to come for, for cheap, I think it'd be real fun to watch him alongside Joey Bosa. <laughs> I don't think anyone would well, complain about that. They immediately, if they, they make a signing like Clowney, they immediately, go after the Chiefs and the Raiders, you know, like those, those, those are the matchups you're looking for. Yeah. We, we figured out what it's going to take to beat Pat Mahomes is a stellar defense where they can run around and get to him. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, right now their offensive line isn't even stout. And this is a perfect time to load up and get to that $200 million guy back there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think they could get him for a lot cheaper. He, I know he's playing out, playing out the market and seeing what's out there, but I mean, he'd be, he'd be a lot of fun to watch with, uh, with Joey Bose on the edge and obviously still have uh, the great Eugene Nwosu as well. But if you can have those guys spell each other, I think that definitely helps. So, and then, like I said, I think we'll see them add a safety depth. The guy I've linked a lot is Will Parks, who, you know, has some history with Brandon Staley played with the Broncos and Eagles and kind of a versatile guy, which I know Staley likes. So another veteran player that they could maybe get cheap if the Broncos don't resign him. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, Frost overall, I think these chargers have done real well. My, my buddy, Stephen Haglin, who writes for LAFB network too, tweeted out today at this time last year, the chargers had not even made a single signing yet. So the fact that they signed all these guys, I think just shows the change and what, they're, how they're doing and approaching things. Um, and, you know, last year they didn't do anything and they still were able to get Chris Harris, Jr. Ryan Balaga. They got some good signings. So it just shows that there's still a lot of work to be done. And they can still add a lot of talent um, after this first week. Is Chris Harris, Jr. Coming back. Yeah. Yeah. He's got one more year. This is great. Yeah. This is oh, great. Yeah. Because yeah, he didn't get the miles on his legs either. Yeah, because he he missed half the year, so and he'll be hungry to be to be dominant. And you know he's that guy's so good. I had him on. I had him on actually right before you joined the show, and he's he's an awesome dude. I was I was a huge fan of his in Denver, obviously. So it was a it was cool for me to be able to talk to him for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're making their their way for a solid team, and I think it, it it spells out this head coach has a little bit more control than maybe Anthony Lynn did, right? Because mm-hmm. he's firing right now. And I think, you know, at the end of this, we're going to be able to sit back and say how good of a job their scouts did to build the depth around this team. Yeah. 
And because there's some really good football players out there, you just got to have to been following them since college and stuff like that. And they're looking for opportunities, guys that are mm-hmm. in practice squads and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You got you got to really, really, really get 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 some good ones. And they can. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and they will, I think. So last thing on the charges for us before we move on, we haven't, we haven't dove into the draft. So we, we just give me more of an opinion answer. But at 13, at pick 13, I think – Pre, pre pre free agency. So, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks ago, it was like they got to go offensive line at 13. Offensive line or bust. Now signing three starting offensive linemen, uh, does that allow them to not pigeonhole themselves and just kind of take best player available? Do you still think they should take like a tackle if there's one that falls to them? Or is it just a another position? Or what do you think they should do at 13 now with, with this free agency so far? You know, really, if Micah Parsons can fall to that slot, that's a no brainer for me because, you know, you get a stud linebacker like that, that can go sideline to sideline and make a lot of plays for you. It's kind of what you're, what you're, you get in a Duran James kind of player, you mm-hmm. know, more closer to the line and he doesn't have to be in coverage as much and he can probably blitz a little bit more. And it, it adds a lot of range to your team. And, yeah. but if there's an offensive lineman that somehow falls there, hopefully it's our guy Tucker from USC. If he yep. falls there somehow in the mix and he doesn't have to leave, I would love to see a homegrown product, um, another homegrown product, uh, stay home and get on a team that's very energetic and going somewhere, you know, not just a dud. And, you know, you got to work your way out of something. You're gonna, the hard work's going to be there. But mm-hmm. if you got talent surrounding you, it, it ups your level of play, especially if you're ready to play. Oh, I agree 100%. So I think Parsons would be an interesting. Obviously, there's some off the field stuff in the past that, you know, I think he's cleared. I, I don't know hundred percent. I haven't looked into it, but I think he's pretty much cleared that, but it still obviously lingers. Um, but as far as just physical and skill set, he's a slam dunk. It seems like, and if you pair him with a Kenneth Murray, look out, that's a, that's a scary front seven when you already have Bosa and Linval Joseph and those guys, and you have Kenneth Murray and Michael Parsons. And then obviously you have Derwin James in the back end and, and uh, what they have at the secondary, we just talked about Chris Harris jr. So um, that, could absolutely be a great pick for him. But I love Elijah Vera Tucker's who I want. I just think even though you add three guys, obviously PNI Sewell would be a, a dream, but there's no way he's falling to 13. No uh, yeah, not a chance he's falling to 13. Um, you know, Rayson Slater out of Northwestern is another great tackle. I don't think he falls that far. Um, and then you have the Christian Derisa and out of Virginia or Virginia and uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who are kind of people go back and forth. I would rather have Elijah Vera Tucker, mainly just because yeah. we covered him watching USC. His versatility, played guard most of his career at USC, played tackle last year. So you can really play anywhere on the offensive line, which is the kind of the, the thing we're seeing with this Chargers team is versatility. And I think we've seen with Brandon Staley as a coach in general, just players being able to do a lot of different things. Um, and, yeah, just be able to keep them home. I mean, I love – anytime you can keep a Trojan or a Bruin here in L.A., I, I'm, a, I'm all for it. So uh, for me, just straight up at 13, Elijah Vera Tucker is the pick if, I'm, if I have my cha- – my, uh, voice needs to be heard by Tom Telesco that that's who they're putting in at pick 13. <laughs> that's awesome. Not a bad one. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, obviously things will change and we'll, we'll talk a lot more draft here uh, in the coming weeks as we are now, uh, I think almost exactly. No, no, no. We're about a month and a week away from the draft. So uh, coming up though, it'll be here before you know it. So it will. Uh, Chargers, great for agency so far. We'll continue talking about it throughout uh, the next few weeks as they probably, I'm sure we'll add a few more people, but before us, let's get over to the Rams who not nearly as active, but the biggest thing for them 
was obviously getting under the cap without hopefully cutting a lot of players. Um, so before we even talk about any signings, really the only player lost because they thankfully didn't have to cut anyone, um, but they did trade Michael Brockers uh, to the Detroit Lions for basically a, a toaster and a you know burnt piece of bread. What they got back for him? Uh, were you surprised something, by that? Something they needed though. Something. Oh yeah, they needed to, yeah free up some space. I just hate seeing it because I'm a huge Michael Brockers guy. Um, I kind of called that. I said it's going to mm-hmm. be some players like that that are going to just did. be victims of it, you know. And, and it's unfortunate. It's not that they want to miss these players or get rid of them but they're the only ones that have value when they're cash strapped. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's a guy that, you know, is still fairly young and his contract's not anything crazy. He's making like eight and a half million this year. I think next year is like seven and a half million. Um, But it it comes off the books for the Rams obviously, but for Detroit, they get a a phenomenal defensive lineman and, and something they can add to their, um, to their room. I just thought it was, it was super ironic. I think you actually texted me that he came out like a week or so and said, yeah, big upgrade for us with, with Matt Stafford at quarterback. And now he's back with Jared Goff. That might be awkward. First time they see each other. Yeah. I think he'll be all right though. And you know, if you're stand by what you say and you can say you meant it, it is what it is, you know, but they're teammates now and I'm sure he hopes Goff gets it together. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any drama. It's just always funny when that happens. <laughs> yeah, well, it's part so, of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, they freed up space with that. Um, do you think of the players we talked about, you talked about, you know, Cooper cup, Robert Woods. We talked about Rob Havenstein. You never want to see a player go. And obviously you are so short out of the league, but was that of those players, the smartest one for the Rams seem to move on from, I guess I would say. Yeah. Don't be surprised if more things coming, you know, that was just the one that's going to scratch your head. The first one, they're still got to make some moves here that are going to be just off the, the cusp because they, they got to have, they got to get something for the value. They have no money. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And that's the sad part of this situation where it shouldn't be like this. And I wish it was like uh, European soccer and, you know, if you're the owner, you just buy and do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like that. And they're cash strapped and you're going to still see some really good players uh, leave you know the restructuring contracts you know can only take you so far but yeah. they gotta get rid of some people they gotta get the money off the blocks so yeah it show right now according to spo track it says they're 14 million over the cap uh, there was reports yes no wednesday that they made it under the cap that was before stafford was officially announced as a ram and then they're going to restructure his deal so there's nothing like concrete where number they at but as, as far as we know they are under the cap, but we have no idea if they have any money to spend. They might be like literally like a dollar under the cap for all we know. Some speculation says they're seven million under, which would give them some money for obviously they have to allocate some for the draft coming up, and then maybe would have like two or three million to spend. Um, but I mean, that's pushing it. To me, I think they're pretty close to even right now. Yeah, and I, again, I'm just I'm gonna weigh on the side that there's gonna be some really good football players uh, not on that roster. Do you think there's anyone else like for sure? Or you're just kind of thinking that they're probably gonna have to make some moves. I, you know, I'm not one to, you know, say that right around the draft and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When I dealt with that stuff, but there's just nothing they can do about it. I think the trades and stuff are going to be flying around and this is going to be a crazy off season. I think 
we've just seen the opening dates and stages of this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's gonna we're gonna start seeing a more impulse and GMs moving guys and and you know and start being active. That's how you got to do it. You got to move yeah. these guys around, get these draft picks, and you know exchange for some cash here, and you know let's get let's get vibrant with it. Yeah, no, I, they have to. And the biggest thing too is if they're able to extend Matthew Stafford, which I don't know if that's in their plan right now. I think he has two years left in their deal. They obviously took over from the lions, but if they extend him, then obviously they can move a lot of money around that way, um, which would free them up for this season. They probably. Um, yeah. I'm sure though, even if they had a one year extension, just that so they can turn it into a, you know, he'll make 40 million on his last year or whatever. And then they'll deal with it then, which at that point you hope the cap is quite a bit higher of what it is now, which it will be. So, so who knows? I mean, let's need, you know, he's a magician somehow, him and Tony Pastores, but yeah, they're, uh, they, it was a much quieter off season so far than many Rams fans wanted, I think, <laughs> than they're used to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was the, the price they were paying to try to get to the Super Bowl now. You yeah. Know? So the big signing, let's hear it, Frost. I mean, we talked, the big signing was bringing back Leonard Floyd, uh, four years, 64 million, uh, roughly 16 million per year. Obviously, we, me and you were both big fans of Lloyd when we talked about when they signed him last year, how we thought it was a big underrated signing. He was a guy that could be versatile. This is back when Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator for the Rams, and he was a versatile guy that was – he could do some pass coverage if needed to. Uh, he was good against the run and obviously could rush the passer. At least he did in college, and we just didn't see it as much with the Bears, but we saw it last year with his 10.5 sacks. So do you think they um, overpaid, which they've done? We've seen Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks. Jared Goff. Now they kind of spent a lot of money on them and ended up moving on. Or do you think this was a guy that they just hundred percent believe in the, the price? That's what it was going to cost to keep him, And it was a good move for him. I think it comes down to what coach Eric Henderson has probably told him uh, behind the closed doors and the, the ceiling that this guy has. And um, I'm sure he has a lot of good football in him. And um, I think when you get a blessing like that by your position coach, after you know spending one season there working with you, uh, taking in your techniques, being coachable, and things like that, you don't get a contract just solely off stats unless you know the guy that uh, coached you blessed you. Um, so I, I think it's a great signing. Um, I can't say if it's um, overpaying when you're looking in the conference and you got Chandler Jones. He makes a certain amount of money, and you know. Yeah, JJ Watt now, and- yeah, JJ Watt and stuff like that. It's 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 almost like an average of what he should be making. So they're not off there. They're just cash strapped. So it just looks like a big like why they do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not his problem. He did what he was supposed to do. He secured it, and he's going to give him ten plus every year. Yeah. No, I'm I'm ecstatic they brought him back because I just did, I did not think it was possible. But I didn't think they would. I didn't think they would spend that much on him to begin with. I thought his market would be right there, 16 million and in the league. And I thought the Rams could pay him up to, you know, 11 or 12. And that was where they were going to cap out. So when when the deal got done, I was like, wow, I was shocked. They were able to even somehow come up with that kind of money to give him. The only unfortunate thing is now it basically restricted them from signing anybody else. They, they tendered Darius Williams, which was, you know, first round tender, super glad he's back, but Troy Hill now is in Cleveland. John Johnson now is in Cleveland. Austin Blythe is still unsigned. So really no center for the Rams. 
um, which is a huge thing you talked about a lot, you know, just two weeks ago or whatever, as of right now, Austin Corbett, who played guard last year, will be the center for the Los Angeles Rams unless they draft. So, you know, well, they're drafting. I think they'll draft someone. I think they'll, they'll be in position for a lot of these holes to draft. Totally. Um, but again, what, what we're talking about is March, almost April and, um, you know, the real world and football doesn't start till September. Yeah, so true. they're going to be able to shuffle a lot of players and get them in and out. Uh, this is when the, the scouts earn their money. This is when the GM really earns his money. They got a solid team. They got some good players, but it looks like they're depleting a lot. You know, another signing that kind of hurts them is the Morgan Fox, that debt player that yes. was a heck of a player for Absolutely. them. Now, now they don't have who just left. Yeah. Brockers and Fox. Now they don't have Fox, right? Mm -hmm. So you're chopping away at one of those. The, the real sole thing of your team is your defensive front. Yeah. So, you know, now you're going to see why Coach Eric Henderson got the raise he did and he got, you know, in charge of more stuff on his plate because he probably knew this was coming and now it's time to go. You know, we're going to put the faith in you that you can develop guys. Yeah. You can bring up the next one. We'll, we'll you know, the, the scouts and who they're going to draft and these free agents and, you know, all the way into that opening day when the 53 is put together. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that room luckily had depth, um, the, the defensive line room and, you know, what coach Henderson has done there. We'll have to, we'll have to get him on here soon. Talk yeah, about we'll, the room, but yeah. uh, what he's done there obviously is fantastic. And Morgan Fox, my guy from Colorado state Pueblo. Uh, so happy to see him get paid, but yeah, mm -hmm. he was, he played great last year and he's, he, a lot of time came in to spell Michael Brockers. And now, now both of them are, are no longer on the roster. So, like that, you know, and we're going to continue to see that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't want to say no names or anything like that, but before, you know, during this draft process, some people are still going to be on the block and, you know, they're, they're yeah. going to shake this team to make sure, you know, they can compete. That's why they got Stanford. They didn't go there to waste years of his career. Oh he, yeah. He was already doing that. <laughs> yeah yeah so that yeah they're they don't do whatever it takes i think to get the super bowl this year as they, as every team should i mean that's that should be the goal the rams right. have just definitely put that on display more that they're willing to whereas other teams aren't they kind of go balls to the wall and yeah. well hopefully they're playing chess right yeah hopefully playing it, chess. and as you mentioned if players are still on the block you know Les Snead has not been shy about trading back in the draft and getting more picks their That's first pick is until 57, but I would not be shocked if they trade 57 and add two or three more picks and then really just build a roster at the back end of the draft, which they've done pretty good at. You know, oh, Jordan Fuller, Cooper Cup, a lot of guys. Players, you yeah. know, you just need picks. Yep. So so I think that's probably the mindset that they're having is, hey, we well, let's keep our own that we love in Leonard Floyd. We love John Johnson, but we drafted three safeties the last two years in Jordan Fuller, Terrell Burgess, and Taylor Rapp. So obviously we're not going to spend money on that. And then now we'll just we'll kind of just, you know, get under the cap and then we'll just try to add up picks and and build us the draft. And just think about those low round drafts. Those are low round tenders. Very true. You when get it comes time to resign. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They could be playing chess with this. So, you know, I'm not out on the Rams. They're just, they just got to make some moves and they knew these issues were coming. Yeah. It's not like, you know, the, the rug's been pulled up under them. They knew it. They game plan for it all. And now it's time to execute. And the scouts and the GM, here's where you make your money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people talk about them being, like, reckless with their picks. But it, that could just be the plan all along. Yeah. We don't want to spend 
10 million on a first round pick when we can get later round guys, and then we'll just get a guy that we know is good right now and spend that money now, like they have. And the later round guys doesn't mean they're not good. No, not at all. You know, you still got drafted. It's just, you know, in the draft where the money is allocated. Yeah. Exactly. If you get drafted, that means out of all the people you, you know, you're high on the board. So they're just going to have to get, you know, the best quality football players in there and, and snatch them up. Yeah. And, you know, that's probably been the chess move that they've been making. Absolutely. You know? Well, Corey Lindsley, who we just talked about with the Chargers, was a fifth round pick at Ohio State. He's all pro, considered one of the best centers in the game. There you go. You were, you were a third round pick, played 13 years in the game, baby. I was just saying, there you go. You just, it's not where you get selected, it's just, you know, getting the opportunity. And there's some good ball players out there. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's some centers too that I think a lot of people are excited about. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Murez is a guy a lot of people love out of uh, uh, Wisconsin Clearwater uh, small school. So, um, but yeah, Rams haven't, Rams haven't done a lot, but they've done what they had to do, bringing back who they needed in Darius Williams, Leonard Floyd, getting under the cap. If Frosty, let's say if, like we've heard or like I've heard, they're about $7 million over the cap. So, you know, let's say take three or four of that for the draft. They have like three or four to spend, give or take. Okay. Is there any players uh, maybe you you like them to go after? I know you mentioned Deshaun Watt, Deshaun Jackson, excuse me, with the Chargers. You know they're a great fit for the Rams who need a speed guy. They really don't. That's the one thing they're lacking from their receiving room. Um, one guy I like a lot is Dede Westbrook at Oklahoma. He's had same thing, kind of like a not a great career at Jacksonville, but a phenomenal receiver that I think just needs a fresh start. Um, but are there any players you you can think of or positions you can think of that they can get for super cheap? I think the Rams are going to be really paying attention to the waiver wire. Brian, I think um, at this current time, teams are going to start having to get rid of guys because of how many people are on the roster. Yeah. And then when that starts becoming an issue, I, I just Match really feel like the Rams have, they're playing chess, you know, yeah. and this is what they make the big bucks for. They got to play chess with these. Every, everything has to work. Seems like it. Less needs seems like a mad scientist. So um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. If it's me, I think they're, they might add a speed receiver for super cheap, but I agree with you in the trenches there, especially now that they just lost two big defensive linemen, uh, rota- one rotational, one starter. Um, and then, yeah, we'll get a lot more into the draft in the coming weeks though. So um, overall, well, I think. They play. Look at who they play against. And, you know, look what the, you know what I'm saying? You got to go up front. Yeah. Cardinals have addressed it. Yeah. You know, 49ers locked down their tackle. Yeah. Um, Seahawks are, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna figure it out for Russell, or he's gonna, not gonna play. <laughs> so okay, let me before we end this, we talked three or four weeks ago. We were like, Russ, it's all media talk. He's gonna be in Seattle. You still think that? Or you think he actually gets traded? Well, I think the options for him to get traded are limiting. They're dwindling, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's the thing. But do we, for the first time ever, see a disgruntled Russell Wilson? You know, and does he wear it on his sleeve or does he just go and compete because he's under contract and does it that way, the good old boy way, and and doesn't cause a static? Mm -hmm. The point of the matter is he's already came out and said his frustrations and said where he would want to go. Yeah, or his camp did anyway, yeah. He still still hasn't waived his no-trade clause. So as of now, he hasn't officially asked to be traded, so. Right, and so it's all speculation. You put it out there and he's not tampering or anything. Yeah. I think he's, I think he still is a Seahawk on day one of training camp. So yeah, they're not going to, coach Kell's not going to get rid of him, yeah. but 
the, the, the mad scientist that Coach Carroll is, he is looking for his replacement. Yeah, well, there was reports that the Bears were in heavy talks with them, but the Seahawks were like, well, we're not just going to like start over a quarterback, and there was nothing the Bears could give them in terms of quarterback. So, I mean, to me, that says the only way they're trading Russell Wilson is to a team that already has a good quarterback, which why would then that team do that? So <laughs> I don't see it happening. No. Because as we talked about, Pete Carroll's not going to start over at his age. In the last few years, he's going to be coaching before he retires. He's not going to start over with a new quarterback, fresh no, rookie. Not, not someone not groomed and ready to go. Yeah, not happening. No. So anyway, so all right. Well, there you have it. Uh, Chargers, great free agency so far. I think they'll still did make stuff happen. Rams, I think, you know, they've done what they've had to do. And we knew there wasn't going to be a lot they could do. There's a lot of optimists out there that thought they could clear like 50 million in cap space out of nowhere, which I was very highly, I would call them out many times. That was not going to happen. And it hasn't. So uh, we kind of knew what expected with them, but Hey, they brought back Leonard Ford, which I think we both agree is a great move. Um, before we wrap this up for us, let's talk about eBay a little bit. Our new sponsor, uh, any, any new shoes you've gotten lately or anything? I've got any new shoes. I've been more betting on betonline.ag. Yeah. I haven't got any shoes on eBay. What do you got out there? You got any deals? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not really a shoe guy. So I'm just being honest. I, I I'm not going to BS the people out there. I'm just not. You know, I wear Vans, Chucks. That's about it. But but if you are a shoe guy, eBay is the place to go. eBay.com/sneakers. They got rare, dead Scott, dead stock. Excuse me. Um, it's a hundred percent authenticated, so you don't have to worry about any fraud or anything like that. If you're a seller, any shoes over a hundred bucks, there's no seller fee, so you can buy and flip. Apparently, that's a big industry. I didn't know, but yeah, big industry, shoe flipping. So uh, if you buy a pair on eBay and you want to sell them over a hundred bucks, no fees. So that's ebay.com slash sneakers. Heather today, uh, ebay.com is the number one marketplace in the world. Still. Still undefeated. Crazy. So, all right, Frost. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on with me. Uh, appreciate you giving me some insight. I always love hearing your stories about players uh, you've played with or against. Uh Cause yeah, that's what makes it fun for me. So thanks for sharing that insight and uh, excited to see what these two teams do in the next coming weeks. Absolutely. Brother. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Where uh, can everyone find you at? I'm at the organic frost and you know, I'm ready for some, uh, some, some more emails. So email me at frosty podcast at yahoo.com. There you go. Chargers fans email about uh, all the Jared cook stuff you want to know anything uh you want to know about jared cook email frost frosty podcast at yahoo.com if you want to talk to me you can hit me up on twitter at ryan diverd lafb the main account lafb network on twitter instagram facebook our youtube channel is at lafb network make sure to subscribe there as all of our podcasts ends up there plus other video content we'll produce in throughout the off season thank you all for tuning in this is the la football podcast Frosty, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you in a few days. All right, buddy. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.